hello. My name is Jennifer Regular. I am a soul-centered empowerment coach at Lighting the Path and your host here for Wise Women Wednesdays. I love gathering inspiring women from around the world on the topics of spirituality, metaphysics, empowerment, transformation, and life purpose. And today I've invited Lana Thomas from South Dakota. Welcome, Lana. It's so great to have you here today. Oh, thank you, Jennifer. It's wonderful to be here with you. I really appreciate it. It's going to be an honor. I think we got a lot to share and I'm excited about it. Thank you. Me too. It's going to be so much fun. So audience, listen, Alana has a master's degree in health psychology and practices holistic healing of the mind, body, spirit, and soul. She is a published author, speaker, a certified archangel healer, and she loves to relay the messages that they send. We might even get a few of those today. In fact, her most recent book, Today's Shaman, is actually channeled and written by Archangel Raphael. Her passion is being a catalyst or a bridge, as the angels refer to her, for people of any age who are striving to self-actualize and desire to become their highest selves within as little time as possible. Thus, she shares with great passion the, heal the helping spirits of the angelic realm who have been her aides for 40 years. If you would like to know more about Lana's history, she actually has a memoir available on Amazon titled On Purpose, Finding Yours. She's also here today to discuss the tools of the shaman, and I am so excited for this discussion. So welcome again, Lana. Oh, thank you, Jennifer. Thank you so much. I said we got a lot of exciting information, and I'm, I'm going to try to stay on track with it. But uh, what I'd like to do is sort of introduce myself on a level where, because I know I watch your wonderful program, I love it, and I see these people sharing these wonderful stories and these ideas that they have and what their their journey, what their journey has been, what they've gone through, what they've learned from that, and where they are today. And then what mostly what I see is what they're taking those tools and using them to help others. Yes. So with mine, I, I, I've been I, I've been at this a long time. So what I wanted to do was let people know, and it, it is a plug for my book, but it's also a way of letting them know if they'd want to know more about me, my book is called On Purpose, Finding Yours. Yes. This is available on Amazon and it is more like a memoir, but it gives them an indication of what the path that I've been through because it began so many years ago mm -hmm. and it was sort of like an isolated path that I had in learning on my own and a lot of that will you'll see through the course of this conversation how we'll bring that back around because I spent all of those years in pursuit of self mm -hmm. and working with all types of angelic beings and etheric beings and even some ETs all these different things that have come through through the throughout my life but what I found out was the most important thing was that I learned to understand myself, that I learned to understand my needs, what my highest and best self would be and what that would look like and how I would get there and how I would stay focused on myself in that, understanding all those aspects. And when I got my master's degree in health psychology, which is an, un, it's an unusual degree. I graduated in 2005. And at that point, people were saying to me, that they didn't even believe it was a real degree. And what had happened was I didn't want to do the counseling because I felt it could be so depressing for myself. I wanted to have something that was more holistic. Mm 
because it was a, I'm an herbalist and I'm a shaman and many of these things in my history. So I thought if I didn't do it from that respect, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't honor myself in my totality. Mm -hmm. So if I want to sit in an office and do clinical counseling, I thought it just is not me. So chose the, I chose the, the health degree psychology, which then I can bring in any aspect of psychology and health and holism, whatever I want to bring into that. So for me, it seemed like it fit very well. Anyway, it is a very valued degree, and it's, there's a huge resurgence of it right now. I've been seeing a lot of things online. Many more universities are offering it because they're realizing it can play a very integral role in integrative medicine, which is what's happening around us. If we're paying attention, it isn't where we're separating holism and holistic from allopathic. We're sort of integrating it because we have to. We have to respect the other's field and bring everything into our own personal lives and our own health regimen or our, our spiritual perspective or whatever. It has to be very inclusive in order to be whole or holistic. So with that respect, the, um, the idea of what I was really hoping to be able to convey is that I, I'm watching different people struggle for many different reasons in their career path. And when I wrote the book, when Raphael asked me to write the book, Today's Shaman, um, it isn't in an ebook form. It will shortly be available in a printed form and an audible form too. Um, there will be links to that, of course. There always is. We know that from reading anything on YouTube. But it, it um, the idea behind when he wanted me to write it was he just said all the all the wonderful people who are doing healing, whatever, like the EFT I, I heard on your your program today, emotional. Uh, freedom. And if we're doing dousing, if we're doing any of the different types of things, I do douse. I, I, they've shown me how to use a tool and douse for information, health-wise and otherwise, uh, supplement-wise, the energy in the space that I'm in, is it good or bad? But what they're showing is that we have all these marvelous tools available to us that we're not using. And they want us to be aware of the fact that the shaman as we all know, is the oldest form of healing as far as everybody knows. Some of the, the cave um, hieroglyphics and that type of thing or pictographs, whatever the different names they give it, some are 35,000 years old mm. from all over the world. Every continent has had shamans. They've had healers of some sort, but they normally in their own way, in their own beauty and um, relevance have learned different types of tools to use, whether it was a rattle, or it was a, an, a feather fan, or it's a drum. Drums are big, really big issue with energy and, and shamans. And whether or not they could do soul retrieval and help a person integrate those bits and pieces of themselves that they had lost. It's a beautiful, beautiful field. But the idea behind it, when Raphael, who is our master healer as close to God, as a healer can be, he is considered God's healer, mm -hmm. came to me and he said, people are getting lost in the past when they should be moving into the future. Right. And what they, what, the way he put it, which I loved it because he's got a good sense of humor. <laughs> and he said, we're going to do it with no more feathers and leathers. We're going to do it with different types of energetic modern devices. Uh, people have to move into that because that's what society is requiring from us. Not only technology. that, new technology. Yeah. If you don't have energetic. Something, mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. If we can't meet that need and be, um, as we were talking about just a few minutes ago, everything is technological, computers, phones, everything is based upon that. That used to be unusual for us. 
now it's a very much a part of our life all day long, every single day. Right. So if we can't find some sort of a technological approach to healing, then we're going to be left behind. Mm. Um, hospitals have MRIs. They have all of the different types of devices that they're using. They're actually integrating many of the things that, that the energetic healers do, whether they're massage therapists or Reiki practitioners or health psychologists as myself, archangel healing sessions. Um, we're, we're finding that there's a place for everybody, but to integrate them is really beautiful. What Raphael wanted us to know is those of us who are working with the, the, the shamanic realm are not utilizing the tools that they really wanted us to be aware exist. So they've taught me how to use, um, how to use dowsing rods, and I use them in many different ways. And I'm going to be teaching classes because a lot of people don't know how to use them. It looks like a silly tool, but those of us who use them have found marvelous ways of using them. I'll look at a client, for example, um, if you'll bear with me, mm -hmm. and, and use the dowsing rod above them and check whether or not their energy is negative or positive by the direction that the dowsing rod moves. When I find it's negative, then I do work with my hands energetically to shift that to a positive or clockwise position then measure it again until I get them to a really high level with that thing spinning really fast, get them up to a very positive level that's going clockwise. So I, and I, it's just things that they've shown me along the way. Now we're getting fun with this because there's all those things within our, our lives technologically and commercially. Now we have this rod, which I found on Amazon, which is telescoping and folds into a pen. Oh, how fun. <laughs> so, and I loved it when I saw it because I thought this is so cool. Stick it in your pocket. Uh -huh. Or this other one is very bulky. Someone was teasing me that it looked like Nanny McPhee digging in my bag to try to find it one day. So this one is, it, there's all kinds of things that are happening for us that are moving into and meeting the needs of today's shaman. Mm. So the tools of today's shaman, um, I'm finding are, are, are very integrated. And we look, we, we neglect to find a, a really true balance, I guess, Jennifer, is my perspective on it. And I'm as guilty of it as anybody else. We choose that one thing that we dearly love and that we dearly embrace. For me, it has been spirituality. Mm -hmm. It has been telepathic communication with guides and angels and ETs and all those different things, having that conversation and loving that aspect mm -hmm. of learning. Um, even the Council of Wisdom is a group that they say that they are the ones who created the four directions. Oh. And I channel them and in bringing information in about what's going on in our world in a political level. So those are the things I have truly enjoyed. But by the same token, I find to work as a healer with someone has to entail all aspects of health in a holistic manner. The spiritual aspects of it, the psychological aspects, physical and physiological, definitely dietary, environmental, all of those different things. One thing that Raphael had pointed out in that book was he said, you can heal a person if, if they come into your office and you can use all of these tools and do all of these different things for them and heal that person. But if they go back into the same toxic environment, they're going to lose it. Mm -hmm. And it made perfect sense to me, even if you're going into, like if you're having difficulty in school as a teenager or as a college student, mm -hmm. and you don't learn how to cope with that environment, 
And if they come in and they spend time with you and you were doing a session with them or someone like myself, they feel great when they leave, but they go right back into that same environment. They haven't changed the thought process that caused the problem. They haven't learned how to deal with that effectively. They don't have the coping skills. And so his idea was you're going to have to find a way to help people heal their environments too. Mm-hmm. So they, they, at that point, that is one of the tools that they showed me, which I'm thrilled with, is the universal feng shui classes that I have online. The tools are symbols. They gave me symbols, broke down the whole feng shui system into symbols, putting them in your home, which each archangel has one. And you enlist their help and just go, you got it. You come in and do everything you want to in my home, anything you want to do in my home. And watched it change people's environments and lives. Wow. So all the different tools that are available to us that they've shown me over the course of years. I know I have too much information to share in one class, but the tools that they wanted me to make people be aware of is that the idea of learning, taking a totally holistic approach to diet and that type of thing. Um, They've shown me how to make a device to structure water Hmm. and because water is so important. And if you have looked at any of Masuro Emoto's work, he was around in like 2015. And the fantastic things that he showed us that water is how it is the most programmable element on our planet. The only other one next to that that you can program to preserve you, to protect you, to help you, to heal you is copper. I use a lot of copper. I wear copper because it can be programmed just like water can. Mm -hmm. All of those aspects, those are tools that we can use as we learn more about them and make it more um, inclusive and more broadly scoped rather than just saying, okay, I'm going to be a spiritual person, which my interpretation of the healers from the angelic realms is the stronger you are spiritually and you know that you're headed toward your highest and best self and you will do that spiritually, the healthier you will be, the more focused you will be, but you still have to maintain that balance of water, hydration, Emoto's work was showing us drink contaminated water, have a contaminated body, Mm. have contaminated thoughts, contaminate your water, have negativity around you when you're 65% water, Mm water is programmable, you're picking up all that negative crap around you. And we're trying to figure out why are we having such a hard time coping with the world today in this chaos? Yes. And it, it is really crazy out there. So any one of those tools that we can use in understanding in a holistic perspective, bring whatever tool they've given you that they were to show you as a Reiki is huge in our area. I don't know about Canada. I would think it's probably the same. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Reiki masters and the different things that they're doing. That's each, that's actually an Eastern philosophy, the same as feng shui, the same as bringing in all those energetic fields and understanding what those fields do. Everything is energy, but the emphasis with Raphael as the psychological aspects of it is if you have negative thoughts and you can't control them, you're contaminating your body. And the idea is that we don't think that we can control our thoughts. And basically, with my degree in psychology, you have a degree in psychology. The idea behind it is, is that we go through, if I were to say to you, you need to go see a psychologist, the the immediate perception of that with most people is, I don't want to talk about my past. I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want them to know my story. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to know all of that about me. They even think that as a psychologist, I read their minds somehow and they don't want to talk to psychology. Do you have that experience? I do. I used to when I worked in that field. Yeah. In that field. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so you couple that with that there's something wrong with you or that you have some kind of mental disorder, right? Or yes. Yeah. 
and like then it's not help there's that vulnerability of needing help there is yeah, yeah and, and we all need help mm -hmm. that you know i mean to and to recognize that that sometimes I, my help comes from the angels and my supportive family and supportive friends we all need that type of thing but what they were pointing out is that if we don't look at it from a total perspective of not the psychoanalytical, which is really, a, I think it's become a stigma within the field of psychology. Mm -hmm. Because I do, I don't know if you remember um, the, uh, the movie Ants. Yes. And how the, the whole thing was a psychological, poor little crippled guy that everything around him always went wrong because he was vulnerable and he was weak. And, and the, the whole kind of Woody Allen movies were all about neuroses. And it was a big thing for a long time. Freudian point of view, Jungian point of view, and I have the greatest respect for Carl Jung, but the psychoanalytical, we broke it down to all we can do is stay in our past, work through the past, heal the past, heal the pain, and that's the only way that we're going to get to the point of being whole, and what I really know to be so true is that that isn't true. Because the more that we stay in the past, the more that we're not in the future and we don't have a conscious thought focusing on where am I am today and where am I supposed to be tomorrow? Right. And so we get lost in that pain. And I think it's a lonely place, Jennifer. I really do. It's because true the, that we get an attachment to the past, but some are also very attached to the future. And then very, in both cases, very. we lose touch with who we are, where we are right now in the presence, which is our true point of power too, to make those decisions is each entry point, each moment is an entry point into the future in which we have an opportunity to create and decide what our future is going to look like. I love the way you put that. That's really important. I really like that. Thank you. It, because that's our anchor. Mm -hmm. And it's the only place that we can control what I do have a message from the angels, if you don't mind, if I read it, Please, it's, yeah. it's just a few sentences. But what they wanted me to share was that it's uh, like I said, uh, sometimes the angels are they're blunt. And they're, they're to the point. And I sometimes the tell them they don't really have an awful lot of tact, but they're going, well, you know, get over it. You know, yeah. if you want to blow uh, smoke up your clients' butts and flowers, and then they don't come through. So I, I, they're, they're blunt. But what they said to me with regard to how we think about our past and how we think about our present and how our thought lives totally control us is to say, to re replace negative thoughts with positive is merely a Band-Aid. And I like that because it's not enough. That's right. Because you haven't dealt with getting rid of what's causing the negativity. Mm -hmm. To discard negative thoughts with deliberation and force is empowering. So we're in that meaning, the more that you repel them and the more that we don't allow them, and when we stop inviting them into our lives, then you become, you, you do stay in the present, as you were saying, and that's where you are empowered. Is in yeah, what you we can, can choose when those negative thoughts to come up to say, I will not participate in that. Or when negativity comes at us in, you know, the media, for example, we can say, I will not participate in that. Exactly. Right. And, and have that exactly. choice and take that deliberate, deliberate choice. That power of action. To, to maintain yes. our power. Absolutely. Right. Instead of giving it away to everything around mm -hmm. us. So negative, they say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The negativity is reward by positive reinforcement of an attentive ear. Now, I don't know if you get what they're saying, or a soft shoulder to cry on. Mm -hmm. Many times, if we want to go back and continue to look at our past and relive it and relive it and relive it, it's our way. It not only gives us a sense of identity, but it also gives us a lot of attention. But in, in the psychological, it's negative reinforcement. 
it's, it's reinforcing a behavior in a negative way that perpetuates that environment and that behavior. So the more we talk about our past, I'll give you a really quick example. When I was younger, and I would go and spend time with my friends, and, and you know, you're sitting around with the girlfriends, and you're having coffee, and, and you've got babies on your arms, you're just sitting there, chat, 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 like we do when <laughs> we're together. Men do too. Men do the same thing. Oh, sure. But I would find I was, I was very fortunate in my relationship with my first husband. We were very wonderful friends, and we adored one another, very careful and kind to one another. But I go and talk to my friends, and we would start bitching about our relationships and bitching about our spouses and we would be and 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 it just kind of the way that it went it was sort of like gossiping about so what's he been doing lately and how's everything going and and we'd find it would usually lead to a negative conversation I could leave my home that morning deeply in love with my husband and very happy with him but after complaining about him all day long when I came home I was angry he hadn't done anything because I had spent my day talking about negative things that that in the past that weren't even in that moment that day that had no bearing on that day, but that would, I was feeding the negativity in me, but I was also being involved in conversation with my friends, feeling important with my friends. We would also try to outdo one another. Oh yeah, but he did this, which Mm. is better than, you know what I'm saying? So we we do those things as human beings. It's very human behavior, but I began to realize I'd come home angry for no reason. And it was because of the conversations. So it was having that attentive ear that perpetuated that. Mm-hmm. But what Raphael had said to me in, in, in today's shaman is he said, people who are sick many times like to be sick. And it sounds like it's, it's not the kindest thing to say because some people would go, oh my God, why would I want to be sick? Right. And it doesn't mean that they're, it, what, it's, what is it? It's like 80% of diseases are, are psycho, psychosomatic. Mm, yeah, well, the shamanistic view is that any kind of disease is actually a result of soul loss, right? And that yes. disconnection. Yes. From recognizing that we are our sacred self, that we are spiritual beings, that we are soul. And any disconnect from that creates that disease. And and same thing in the world too, when there's so much disorder going on in the world it's also a result of soul loss you know and um so yes I hear what you're saying well the idea behind it people say when you when you say that to people they think no it's not all in my head Mm -hmm. that's not the point psychosomatic doesn't mean made up Mm -hmm. psychosomatic means the soma of the body uh, which is we are soma is is interfered with by the psyche by how we think right and if we and we can create illness by by saying, oh, my God, I have a headache or whatever it is. And pretty soon you have a headache mm-hmm. because you programmed your body to do that. And that's one thing that that Raphael is adamant about is how you think about your body. If you embrace an illness, you're going to get sick if yeah. you deny that illness because it has no space within the spiritual energetic field. Mm-hmm. You have a much greater chance of not being ill, but we're we're not. We're trained in different ways, Jennifer, uh, the, the, within the, the normal construct of a human life, they don't have exposure to the types of things that a person within our construct would have, whether it's energetic healing or Reiki or, or holistic healing or any of the variety of things within natural healing. 
they don't have that exposure to that type of a concept. Soul loss, which is so important. Loss of self, loss of the, the ability to be the best that we can possibly be. We're not even taught that we can do that. Yeah. We're taught that we can get the best job that we can have, and then that will be the summation of who we are mm -hmm. or the totality of who we are. But it really has nothing to do with the highest and best self. It's so true. all of those things are neglected in what we're in what we're taught along the way. We are conditioned to go back to the past and relive it. We are conditioned to think that that is the healing process simply because it, it's still we're still very Freudian and very Jungian within the popular within the, the public within the field of, of psychology. We're not. They're learning that the idea knows learn what the behavior is and change the behavior. B.F. Skinner was a behaviorist teaching. You can change the behavior. He never talked about their past. Tell me about your mother. He never did that. Tell me what your dad did. He never did that. He said, here's the behavior. Stop doing it. Stop doing it by doing this behavior instead. So that's very much relevant with the way that Raphael teaches is how you think how you love the self, how you understand I am here for a great and marvelous purpose in order to find my highest and best self. And in that, I will bring others along with me. We will all find more happiness and joy. Instead, we're sitting around ruminating over the past and trying to figure out how can I make sense of my past in order to find myself today when it's a very contradictory process and leave the past behind. Like you said, leave the future out there anchor yourself in this moment today. Eckhart Tolle talked a lot about that, but he never really said so much along the psychological aspects of it goes beyond positive thinking. It goes, we have to talk about diet. We have to talk about the food that we consume. People are jittery and they don't have the, um, the vitamins that they need. They don't have the minerals that they need. And I think that a lot of it, Raphael wanted me to point out today, he just said, consider, that people are not getting the nutrients they need. And in the United States, we're consuming all kinds of stuff. Obesity is a huge problem in the United States, more so than any other country in the world. Mm -hmm. But we also eat sugar all the time. Yeah. And so we all know about that. But the idea behind it is, is I think in so many ways, our bodies are craving good food and minerals and vitamins that we're not getting in our food anymore because it doesn't exist in the growth process. So we were, we're feeling deprived. So we eat lots of food in order to fill that in order to, because it's not in there. What our bodies need is not in there. Um, it's, I'm hearing the, a lot about really connecting and understanding and tracing back to the causes and conditions that give rise to those thoughts and behaviors and our actions and so on. And I'm also hearing that, you know, you talk about the higher path and choosing the highest path. Yes. And I'm also recognizing the, that there's deep, deeper needs at play as well. You know, you spoke earlier about people um, somehow being served by being sick, like they people who are sick yes. want to be sick. And yes. to understand that at a spiritually deeper connection is what's the deeper need that's being fed by being sick? Is there a yearning to be cared for? Is there a yearning for rest? Is there a yearning for just coming back within you know the time where we can just cocoon for a little while and be protected and feel safe and to be loved and to be cared for and those are the deeper needs that can be met in other ways without having to be sick right exactly. and to recognizing and to feel safe in knowing 
that there's other things that are possible that can like those affirmations and those other ways of thinking and behaving that can elevate us to living um, uh, our highest path. And to recognize too that all of these tools that you've been talking about, I can see how they can really help us cultivate an integrated higher consciousness model of living, which like you said in the beginning was what we're all gearing up towards, right? There's this new yes. energetic technology. There's the message of the angels that are saying, listen, these are the facts, right? Let's not get caught up in the past, recognize what's truly going on here, recognize who you truly are and recognize that you have the power to change your reality and what you will or won't participate in or what you will or won't choose to consume you know, through all of your senses from a holistic wheel of life, which is sounds like the work that you do, which is amazing to be able to think about ourselves as a whole person, right? And anything outside of that would cause anxiety or depression or fear and uncertainty mm-hmm. from not knowing because we become disconnected from what's real. And I, I definitely, and I, I think within any age group that that's very true. We can become disconnected. If I look at my generation and women that are older than I am, they were not, um, they weren't women who were not even self-reliant uh, or not nowhere near self-absorbed. They were selfless. Mm. So older generations have spent, women my age will have, no, I took care of the family and I did all the cooking and I did all the cleaning and I'm selfless and I raised everybody. And, and, and in the interim, they die. Like, for instance, my mother, very sad and very much alone because mm. she was constantly giving either to her family or to a bad marriage or to her church that she never took the time to take care of her own self and her spiritual needs. And as she passed, she, she hesitated for the longest time feeling she had not done what she needed to do, had that into that, what would you call it, that innate feeling of, I really missed it. And when we don't do all of these things along the line of finding the highest self and the highest possible being that we can be, and regardless of what that is, whatever role you came in for, Mm -hmm. it could be that you are going to be a Reiki master. It could be you're the new Billy Graham. Who knows that that type of thing? We, if we don't pursue it, we never know. But if we don't take the time to be self-conscious of that need, Mm -hmm. then we're not going to pursue it. And it can take many, many different paths but it has to be a whole path. Otherwise people get caught up in, well, I'll go on TikTok and if people see me, then it somehow validates that I'm real and I do exist in this whole morass of the chaos that's going on around us. Yeah. If I do something where they, um, if I have to be sick in order to get attention because I need that, I need attention. Like you said, love and kindness and support. And if I can get it that way and get ignored other ways, We'll choose a negative route in order to feed that need because mm-hmm. we don't know how to find the positive. And within the, the, the illness aspects of it and the new healing concepts that Raphael's teaching is to be fully aware of the nutritional needs of the body, extremely important. Mm-hmm. I do have one book I would really like to, it's, um, she's got other books out there, but it's Joan Matthews Larson, she's a PhD. And this book is about dietary needs and seven weeks to emotional healing. One of her other books is seven weeks to healing severe addictions. Hmm. She does it with primarily amino acids. Wow. And when you really look at her research, it makes perfect sense. And I know that the, the, the emphasis has been put on that with me, with Raphael and other healers, because our whole gamut of our, who our existence is, Jennifer, is thought, thought energy. 
Yeah. Everything is energy, but in the human experience, it's thought energy. And it's very difficult for us to realize that that is basically kind of the sum total of who we are. Our thoughts control our energy field, our energy pattern, its strength, its weaknesses, its vibration, its negativity, its positivity, thought energy. So if we're working with thought and our thoughts don't work right and we can't get them to focus on what we're supposed to be doing, mm -hmm. because our, our synapses aren't working, our neurons aren't firing correctly because we don't have the amino acids to create the neurotransmitters. Mm -hmm. Succinctly, it can be that simple. But when you say to people, do you take your required amino acids? Do you get those every day so that your neurotransmitters can work? And they think that that's, it's like, um, it's too simple because we can do it with something like a, a collagen peptide, a powder that we put in our coffee or water or whatever, because we're not getting those things in our diets anymore. Mm -hmm. We're shifting to a whole different vein of our health needs because our, our planet is so taxed and worn out. The minerals aren't there. The things that we need are not there. Uh, and so we're suffering in so many different ways that we're trying to figure out why doesn't my body work like it ought to? Why doesn't my mind work better than it does? Well, it can't if it doesn't have neurotransmitters, no matter what you do. That's what controls it. So we can't take away from that aspect of the physiological ways that our body works. And so Raphael wants us to know, integrate those things, because I think that we've created in my lifetime, I've seen a chasm. It's shrinking now, but I saw this huge chasm between this war between the nature of the natural healer and the allopathic. The natural healer condemned the, the doctors and the MDs for all of their prescriptions and all the pharmaceuticals. And they're condemning us because we're quacks and we're um, charlatans and we're, and we're, we're opportunists and that type of stuff. But now we're beginning to reintegrate and understanding that there's a place for both. Mm -hmm. So as, a, as today's healer, we have to begin to realize we can pull in those things of learning. Simple dietary changes can make a huge difference. Um, there's one example of a young, uh, I, I was watching on YouTube the other day, they had me, the angel said to me, you need to go watch this. And it was related to um, a way that a person is, is what they're calling now the, the long COVID, the COVID long, okay. the after effects of what COVID is doing, because I think this is just a heads up, I'm not going to belabor it. But I think within the natural field, we're going to have to really embrace the fact that this long COVID is going, it's going to be something we're going to be dealing with, whether it's allopathic, traditional medicine, no matter how we, it's going to be a huge issue because all the people who've contracted this, they're not getting well. Mm -hmm. They still have symptoms. So what a lot of people are doing locally, even we encounter a person who is treating the effects of COVID and mononucleosis on the thyroid with large doses of vitamin A. Oh. So there's all those things that we don't realize that we can implement and integrate into the person's life in the totality of healing for them because energetic medicine as marvelous as it is, is more along the line of the spiritual. And if a person is physically not well because their bad diet and drinking bad water and whatever they may be doing, um, if you ask a person if they drank anything today, it can be, well, I had some tea, or it can be, I, I, I talked to a person yesterday who was so stressed. I said, when was the last time you ate? It was, it's been about three days. Three days. So how do you cope? How does your body and your mind cope mm -hmm. and, and help you surmount that, that anxiety-ridden state if you don't have, if it doesn't have what it needs? Um, Louise Hay has a book out, but I also have this from Louise Hay, Louise, 
Louise Hayes's courses, she has passed, but this one is the body heals itself. Right, yeah. They're just examples of all of the things that we kind of slip away from when we're talking about what we do technologically and what we do energetically. I have a voice bio device that is a device that is an energetic device and it will give you a complete readout of the person's all, um, all of their internal organs and what the level of energy is at and what vitamins they need, what crystals will work for them. That's an energetic device, but still, if the person doesn't give the body what it needs, it cannot heal. So we're not going to function optimally mentally. We're not going to function optimally physically. And so we're going to have a very huge struggle finding purpose, finding our highest and best self. Mm -hmm. So those tools that Raphael is offering in, the, in, in like in the book, Today's Shaman, he wrote it. I didn't. If I changed one or two words, he'd scold me. I didn't say that. <laughs> just the facts. <laughs> yeah, just the facts. And so when you go back and you, and you read what he's saying, just what the crux of that book is, is that if people will stop, get in touch with them and begin to connect and say, show me, inspire me, teach me, they're going to show us all kinds of beautiful things coming our way in the future. And I think that they're already there. You mentioned a man, Jim, what did you say his last name was that does color therapy? Oh, like Jim therapy. Oliver with his music. Yes. Yeah, and music. with color, sound and yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very, very powerful. And they're having me work with that as well. And there's reference to it in the book. But also one of the things that they hinted at, we talked about water. Yes. One of the things that Gabriel said, because water is the element of Gabriel, said, if you put color in your water, you're treating yourself medicinally with color. Ah. And I would never have thought about that. And I thought, well, how do we put color in water? And, you know, because you can't take food additives. They're harmful for you. Right. And, and, you know, and, and Gabriel is saying, well, beet is red, mm -hmm. you know, this carrot is orange and yellow. And there's now, and now we have natural food coloring, but they also in the book and in today's shaman, there's a reference in, and we can work with it later too, but there's a reference in there about the research has been done over the years with using color with water and 90 minutes. If you take fascinating thing if you take a tub of water a glass structure of water like a big gallon jar and you wrap it in a blue cellophane paper and uh -huh. put it in the sun for 90 minutes it will kill every bit of bacteria in that water oh wow and it's the sun's energy again tools of the shaman are energy the sun that we have available to us copper that we have is really integral in the work that we can do in protecting ourselves shielding ourselves from negative energy water being structured and, and brought to the point where it, it actually helps rebuild the body rather than taking away from it and pulling nutrients out of it. Mm -hmm. Structured water is beautiful water. And we, when we drink but what, what this device that I have makes, when we leave here and don't have it, you can't wait to get home to drink that water because it has a different feel to it. And it, has a, it almost tastes sweet sometimes. Yeah. And we use a device to purify it with tap water. So in the different ways that they've shown um, anyway, to bring that back around, what Raphael said, if we will listen to them and if we ask and if we're inquisitive, they're looking for people to open their minds that we can go, let me show you this. Wow, look at that. Now let me show you this. And wow, look at that. We're at that point in our ascension process and transformational process that they're going, we're up here, we're waiting, we're right here. We're never any higher than the tops of the trees, people. We're right here with you. What do you want to know? 
and we'll find and, a way. And how is it, Lana, that people can connect with with the angels? You know, um, how easy is it, or what do they need to know or learn to be able to have that same communication with the angels so that they can to receive those messages? I, I do have one class that I teach on, and I have some information on my um, on my YouTube channel as well about it. But one of the most recent things, energy again, is that I offered it to my Patreon group as sort of like a gift. And they just said, if you're working with energy and you really, because people try to connect. Mm -hmm. What I find in it um, is that they, they think it's easy. It is easy, but it takes time. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to, it's sort of like if we have a barrier, say one of the things that they showed me and I stepped, they had me step outside one day because I, my biggest goal since I had the aneurysm and the near-death experience in the 80s, the late 80s, and began to talk with them was like, oh my God, everybody should do this. Everybody should have the honor and the privilege and the help of being able to communicate with the etheric field, whoever is out there, whether it's Melchizedek or Solomon, or if it is Sananda or the different um, masters that we have in the past and be able to talk with them, all of the archangels. But they said, it's not that easy. And they showed me one day years ago, they had me step out on a really cloudy misty day and gray skies and they said you see this and I said this he said this is what most people are trying to bust through okay. it's sort of like the veil that is there and it's an energetic veil but the idea behind it is I, I find with most people is they think it's going to be immediate and they get frustrated mm -hmm. the idea is what they've said to me in simple terms do the work but they did show me that if you will use copper on your third eye even if it's a penny, copper is very conductive of energy, their energy, and it will increase your, your potential for hearing them, just hearing them speak with you. But also while you're doing that, it's an interesting concept. I do it because I love it. It's to sit with your eyes closed in a very dark space and look with your mind at the back of your forehead. Okay. Not out of it. They're not way out there. We keep going way out yeah. there. And it's like they said to me, we're never any higher than the tops of the trees. We're right here. So you just have to break through that energetic connection. But they said, if you would, if you can lay and look at the back of your forehead with just your mind, you'll begin to see figures. You will begin to see colors and shapes. And when you know that you're doing that, then you're breaking through that veil. Mm. But also, so I think many, many people, I know you do, you hear them. If you, if you don't trust the voice and you think it's just you, then you discount it. But people think it's going to come through, say, Raphael would have a deep gravelly voice. He doesn't. It sounds just like your own voice in your mind uh -huh. is the same thing. And so they discount. It's like, I don't know. That wasn't me. That wasn't me. So what I tell people and what they told me was they said, tell them to ask, what do I most need to know today? And ask it every day because you don't know the answer. So if you come up with an answer, it didn't come from you because you don't know what you most need to know today. Otherwise, it wouldn't so have then, you, <laughs> then you learn to trust. It, it's, it's a, that would be another podcast completely, but it yeah. is a, it's really important for people to understand they can communicate. But it is it, once you break through that veil, and it's so much easier than it was 40 years ago when I began doing it, it really is becoming much more easy, uh, simply because the, the veils are coming down. Sure. And we have new grids around our planet. We have new mm -hmm. energies taking place. And they're, they're trying really hard. Some of us, or one of them, I, I, I worked with a lady one day, 
um, one of the angels took her by the ankle and what she could see in her mind and shook her upside down. Oh, gosh. <laughs> he said, oh, she said, what are they doing? And I said, you're so fear filled. They're shaking the fear out of you. Uh, They're just literally changing your energy field mm -hmm. in order to shake you and release you from that fear. And a dramatic shift in her life. So they have a sense of humor and they come mm -hmm. in in a way that they do some really marvelous things. But the idea is, is what they want people to know. Inspiration can come. Thank you. Inspiration can come in different ways. Even if you cannot yet telepathically communicate with them, they can find a way of showing you the best tools for your profession, the best approach for your own life. It's a brief example that comes in many ways. Our neighbor had a really severe back injury, had never been Ill, literally ill a day in his life. Because of that, he overdid it and he severely injured his back and he laid on his living room floor for three months, mm. could not get up, he couldn't do anything. And then he, he'd asked me about an archangel healing and I said, they'll heal you, they will find a way to heal you. And he finally went into the hospital and he found a new doctor after that. And this doctor said, you don't have that problem. You have this problem. Did the minor surgery for him, removed the arthritis around the injury, and he's 100% fine. Oh, and wow. I said, see, they have different ways of bringing that healing about. Yes. It isn't always with, you know, with them on a, on a table and, and understanding how they're integrating everything that we have in order to help one another to become their highest and best self and to find their own passion and all those wonderful things. So the that help would be very individual to the person and how that's received yes. and what is communicated there. Well, Lana, you have such a wealth of information and <laughs> connection with the angels is incredible. And I appreciate you sharing too some small ways that people can begin or strengthen their connection with the angels. How can people connect with you and learn more? Uh, I have a web page. It's easy to remember, lanajthomas.com. Awesome. And then I'm on YouTube as well. And it, if they just go to my web page, everything is right there. Okay. Uh, the, the, the voice bio is there. Connections to my two books are there. Everything that they and to contact me and all of the different things that are available, how to listen to the YouTube videos with the Council of Wisdom talking about what's going on today. And they're trying to help us through this really trial period. So just my webpage, lanajthomas.com is so easy. Amazing. And we'll have those links in the show notes as well. Yes. You bring up the Council of Light. Is there anything in this moment that you're able to share with our audience of something that's being relayed by them? Um, the Council of Wisdom is a, a group they contacted me about mm. three weeks before the announcement of COVID. Mm. And I was going to go north to North Dakota and do some classes up there. And they just contacted me and they said, don't travel, do not travel. And I didn't know what they meant. And I began asking, well, who is this would tell me not to travel? And I knew it was for my own sake and my own safety. And then they began explaining who they are. And there are four of them. I do know their names, but they said that they are. Uh, I tried to get them to explain who are you? Because when they began explaining, I said, boy, you guys are older than dirt. And they said, <laughs> They said, they said, no, we're older than that. We're much older than that. And I spoke, can you give me an indication of who you are? And they said, we created the four directions. Mm. So the four directions that we use in all aspects of our life, regardless of what type of, we, we, everything is monitored by the directions, the, the, how the winds blow, the different ways that things shift and move, jet streams, all those things around that affect us on a daily basis. They said, we created those four directions. 
But they, what they had said was they said, we want you to know that what your planet is going through right now, we have witnessed before. Mm. We want to help you understand what's happening. But what they say is not uplifting in so many ways because it's not, they're promising that everything's going to be okay because we know that even in death, we're okay. Mm-hmm. But we're going to continue to go through some really tumultuous trying times. And in order for that, because what they say to us in with reference to change, um, I did write down a, a, a quote that I really like. They said, change is not painful. It is the resistance to change that causes us pain. Uh-huh. And I don't, I don't remember, I, don't, I think it was Norman Vincent Peale who said it, but I, I'm not probably, don't quote me on that. But that's what they're talking about. Because we have so resisted change and moving into a different way of thought and perception and a higher thought perception, our planet is forcing us to look at who we really are and to come to terms with what the human being really is, while they're at the same time trying to teach us what we're really capable of. Mm. So we're caught between this and that balance where we're trying to we're trying to rid our planet and our small little universe of the law of polarity. And we only do that through a unification of the self and understanding our role in the universe. And as that on our planet matures itself, it's like a teenager mm-hmm. within the universe. As our planet itself begins and continues this evolutionary process, we're kind of along for the ride. So everything that you can find that will give you more security, if you work with the angels, if you understand energy, if you understand using devices like a dowsing rod to measure those energies, if you're not intuitive to feel them, I'm not an empath. I don't feel energy. Mm-hmm. So I needed tools to be able to measure them and, ch- and check them. And so that's when they began showing me like using a dowsing rod for that. But whatever tools we can find that help us move through this in this transitory process of changing from polarity to more of a unified field like other planets have, the earth is, is not designed to have it. This is a place where we learn about that. This will mm-hmm. become here to learn that. And we go through the struggle, but our biggest struggle within the human race and as a psychologist, if your person doesn't wanna change, you're not gonna help them. There's nothing you can do. They have to be willing to change the way they live, the way they think, the way they perform how they perceive themselves. None of those are easy things to do, but if they're not willing to change, nothing can be done. So we're facing that as a human race. If we're not willing to change, now we're facing the gross um, ugliness, what can be found within the human nature of what's going on in Ukraine and Russia. Mm. What's been happening in Iraq and Iran prior to that. Mm -hmm. We're capable of that dark, dark behavior. And we, what we're doing is we're, we're trying what the, the, this is a really significant message, I think, in, in to even to end this podcast. What we're finding, and what they said to me was, they said, you, the council said, you have to understand that you are being manipulated into embracing and tolerating all of this darkness. Uh. You're being manipulated, but if you were truly Christian, if you were truly empathic, if you were truly compassionate, if you were truly all these things you say you are, Mm -hmm. you would tolerate what I do. Mm -hmm. Now we're tolerating what Putin is doing. Mm -hmm. And we've been conditioned to believe we have to tolerate. We're one and we're not all one. There is no oneness in that. Light and dark cannot coexist. Mm -hmm. So they're getting us to take a look at how much will we tolerate within this self? 
how much will we lose our own power and not empower the self? It starts with us, with each individual. It has to start here before we can have any impact on the world. Yes, and that's, and that's why Lana and I have decided to do a series on the sanctity of self. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Both very excited. <laughs> I am. I'm really excited about it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And it, this has been such an exciting conversation. And I know there's so much more still. So I look forward to having you on again, Lana. And Thank you, Jennifer. And I hope you're going to be on my podcast soon. Yes, thank you. And I wonder if there's anything else that you would like to share before we end our conversation for today. Uh, the one thing that I would like to share is that, and it comes through over and over and over again, based upon my own personal experience, I, I, what I did was self-taught with them and myself for 40 years. But what I found out through that period of time, because I was kind of doing this when no one else was doing this, and it, it's not a prideful thing with me, I came in here for that purpose. And uh -huh. I knew that in my early twenties, I knew I had the aneurysm to get back in touch with that. Mm -hmm. But what I have found with that in that, in that period of time is that the angelic realm are really, we're looking at all of these different things and we're praying to God and we're asking for all of these release from the ugliness, release from all of the things and trying to understand our own path. But the angels are there for us Anything that we need them to do, they will do it. And if you will give them permission to work in your life without any reservations and without any like, oh my God, don't take away my control. If you can give over control to them, they can bring abundance of happiness and joy and peace and love and kindness and compassion and all of these things into our lives. But we don't understand who they are. And if they stood between us and God, that's exactly who they are. Mm. God is here. We are here. And however you perceive God or source or the father or whatever it is for you, they're the ones who's going, all right, you guys go get it done. You work with them directly. I got stuff going on up here because he's working universally in the different universes. And there are emissaries. But the idea is there's not seven of them. There's billions of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So bring them into your life and allow them. Just give them free reign. These symbols. Yes, there's enough to go around. You are worthy oh, yes. of having that connection. Absolutely. And they're limitless in their energy. So, yes, ask them to help. Let them do that. Incredible. Thank you so much, Lana. It's thank been such you. a pleasure you, having you here. And thank you for all of the amazing wisdom and messages you shared with us today. We're so oh, excited so to see you my honor. more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Talk with you soon. Thank, thank you. you so and much, thank you Jennifer. so much for everyone who's been listening and watching today on Wise oh. Women Wednesdays. Well, we'll see you all thank again. them for their company. I appreciate their company. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you.